0: Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom, and where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host,
1: Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, I'm Deanna Pippinger, and I'm Allie's podcast manager. And I'm popping in again because we originally had one giant episode on all the alternative job options for teachers, but then we decided it was way too much to pack into one episode. So last week, we focused exclusively on the job opportunities you can find at educational companies. But if none of those opportunities seemed like a good fit, some of the options in this week's episode might be interesting to you. Today, Allie is going to share with you all the different opportunities you can find in higher ed, like at a university, jobs you can do working for a school organization, jobs in community organizations, or jobs you can find in non-traditional teaching roles. You might also enjoy figuring out how you can work for yourself, like I do. And before you say to yourself, I could never start my own company. I'm just a teacher. I have no idea what I would do. You guys... I was an elementary school teacher too. And if you had ever told me that I would start my own business in just a few years after the classroom, I would have told you you were absolutely crazy. So keep two things in mind. Number one, people pay you to save them time. So many times business owners don't need you to do something really complicated or specialized. They just need you to do things like check their email, create some graphics, or edit a blog article. That's Absolutely within your wheelhouse. And that's where I started. Number two, teachers are lifelong learners. There are so many skills that you can teach yourself. And in my experience, my very first client taught me how to manage her podcast. And once I realized I love doing that, I was able to focus on that one skill and figure out exactly who I wanted to work with. But again, you don't have to have everything figured out in order to get started. Allie answers all your questions about starting your own business or just a side hustle in the teacher transition membership. So get in there and get access so that you can dive in. I hope you enjoy the episode.
0: So let's go ahead and move on to working at a higher education company or a university. Now, I know what some of you are already thinking. You're thinking, wait, the only job I could do there is be a professor or be an adjunct faculty member. And while those might be opportunities that you're interested in, there are actually so many job opportunities that teachers are really great fits for at universities. If you love the world of learning and academics, then getting a job at a university could be a great fit for you. I've worked at universities multiple times. I've really enjoyed it. My dad worked at multiple universities, you know, on the East Coast and in the West, my whole life. Universities oftentimes come with great coworkers and a great work setting, being around very educated people, open minds, and a lot of other aspects that many people enjoy. So again, some teachers think that all you could do there is go from being a teacher to an adjunct faculty or a professor, and maybe you don't have all the degrees you would need to be a full tenured professor, or maybe you don't want to put all the years into that, but there are so many different opportunities that are fantastic and that you might enjoy more than teaching at a university. So let's go ahead and talk about what it's like working at a university or at a college and some of the different Um, departments that are there. There's obviously an executive department. This is going to be the president, the vice president, deans, others that are very like high leadership positions. But universities also have a lot of people that work in administrative roles. That's going to be like your HR, your human resources department. They're taking care of everybody that works there from hiring to, to training, to onboarding, and making sure everyone's being treated fairly and well, and so much more. Okay, It's going to be accounting. It's going to be legal. Lots of things under the administrative side of things. Obviously, you've got faculty. We've talked a little bit about that. But let's go ahead and talk about some of those specific roles that a lot of people don't think of when they think of universities. But they really are great opportunities. And here's some of them that this year especially, um, you can anticipate seeing a lot of great things from and great opportunities in. One of them, first and foremost, is diversity and multicultural affairs. So if, if you are passionate about students of all backgrounds and all cultures getting and having equal opportunities, this is the office or part of the university that you want to be looking into. Especially this year with so much that has been going on lately this area is booming not only at universities, but also at companies, companies that have roles or companies are creating roles for this specifically at a lot of different companies. So working in the multicultural affairs office or whatever they call it in your area can be a fantastic fit for you. If this is something that you're passionate about and experienced in, in any way, some of these roles include program coordinators diversity officers, diversity officers enrollment advisors and many other roles and opportunities okay let's talk about the next thing at a university universities oftentimes have an adult and continuing education program if you love teaching and providing something of significance within your community, but you're ready to work with adults and not necessarily younger students, then this is something worth looking into. Many universities provide continuing ed and a variety of resources and services in their communities. So these roles range from being a program coordinator to an education strategy coordinator or planning managers and so much more so that people are setting up and then carrying out the continuing ed opportunities and resources that are needed in your community. Okay, let's talk about the next one. The next one is distance education programs. So in my area, there are universities and they're going to have their actual full-blown campus in one area, but then they have these extension or satellite classes that are held throughout the state in other areas. So if you're passionate about helping students have education opportunities that meet their circumstances and needs in their area, then looking into distance ed related positions is definitely for you. So whether you're an online instructor or whether you work with a team that ensures everything is in place for students to have great learning experiences with distance ed, this is gr- a great way for teachers who like coordinating things like that or for ed tech teachers who want to take their skills and expertise to the next level to have opportunities. So whether you are coordinating what a distance ed team is is doing, or whether you are helping create the learning resources for them, or whether you are one of those kind of ed teachers for those distance programs, there are a lot of roles and responsibilities that fall under that category. Okay, let's go to the next one. This is the extension and outreach program. If you are interested in working for a university, but also being closely connected to your community, this, similar to the distance ed programs, is a great category to look into. So many universities work really closely with organizations in their local communities. Examples of roles in this area include outreach specialists, camp coordinators, education coordinators, student sustainability coordinators, and a lot of other roles. By the way, if you're listening to all of this and you're like, oh my goodness, I feel like so flooded with information. I can't write this all down. All of this information is, and a lot more is in our membership. Not only that, I link you directly to current openings in these positions. And for things that you need more training for, I also link you to helpful resources that are going to help you fill that gap between where you currently are as a teacher and what you need to be able to apply effectively and land the opportunities. So again, in the membership, we've got all of this and so much more linked resources, tangible resources, helpful resources to help you actually make it happen and not just think about it. Okay. Let's go to the next category. This one I really like and feel pretty passionate about, and that is faculty development. This gets me really excited because did you ever sit through a college class and kind of think to yourself, "Um, why doesn't this teacher teach it this way? Or how how can we help this professor out? This could be a more effective lecture, right? So most universities actually have support staff And they help their teachers or professors improve their teaching. If you become a faculty development specialist or a teaching consultant, and oftentimes this is the instructional design team that does this, like in our episode with Sharon, where she talked about how she helps professors with this, then this role of faculty development, and sometimes again, that's under the instructional design umbrella at a university, this is a great great option to to look into. And again, I link you to current openings under each of these university topics in our membership as well. Okay, let's go ahead and go into some other ones. Of course, universities have art museum administration, and things for live learning. But this year specifically, some of those resources like museums might not have as much access or opening or demand as usual. Other areas that teachers can transition into at universities include career development and services. So many teachers love helping other people thrive, right? A lot of teachers are the helping category type of people. As students at a university near graduation, they need work opportunities and resources to help them transition successfully into their field. That's where these roles come into play. So whether you're lining up internship opportunities, um, or maybe you help as a field education coordinator or a career advisor, or a lot of different other roles and titles under this category, you are the liaison between the academic world and the work opportunities for students. If you're hearing this and you feel pretty passionate about that, use the link gotten our membership or look into your local university and what opportunities they have that are like this. Okay. The next category is instructional design and technology or instructional technology and design. It's a little different from instructional design. Okay. Instructional technology. If you are the teacher at your school that helps helps everything be in place with the laptop cart, with the tablet cart, with all the tech, with the projectors. If you are the tech person at your school, maybe you're the educational technology specialist, then a good next step for you can be growing into the role of working on the instructional technology team at a university or with college. You've already been coordinating with your school. Maybe you've already been setting up things with the Wi-Fi, with connection, with so many other things. If you enjoy that kind of strategizing and implementing and helping people actually get access or getting things set up, then you already have work experience to go on your resume, okay? If you want to develop those skills or find out openings, we've got that for you as well. Next, we've already talked about curriculum design and instructional design. At a university, This looks different than it looks at an education company or in corporate instructional design. Our course from teacher to instructional designer prepares you for roles either at a university or at a college. And we have so many teachers, so many teachers in that instructional design course who have landed jobs at universities. Okay. You've heard the episode with Chris. You've heard the episode with Sharon. If for any reason you haven't, go back and go to those. Chris's episode is episode 19. Sharon's episode is episode 21. He is helping create learning resources. She is helping with that as well, but she's also doing a lot of ed tech training of professors and the course from teacher to instructional designer helped both of them with landing those opportunities. So I'm so excited about them and everything that they are doing with their new, their new opportunities. So, so excited for them. Okay, let's talk about the next role. This is student affairs and services. Do you wanna help ensure that students have the best quality of life and experience during their college years? If so, this is a category for you. Roles in this category work with students related to everything from student conduct, academic success, working with veteran students, working with fraternities and sorority life, And so much more that's student success or student affairs and student services. Okay. A lot of different universities refer to those in different ways, but it's basically under that category. Next, being a part of tutoring or learning resources for a university. You already have incredible skills with teaching. Why not put them to work in a different setting and a different role? Maybe you've considered tutoring before, but you don't want to have to recruit students and coordinate it all by yourself, right? Maybe you like the idea of tutoring, but maybe you don't like the idea of figuring out how to start it all up as your own company. Well, why not let a university do all of the coordinating of it for you? Many universities have tutoring services and other learning resources available there. And whether you want to be someone that's helping with proctoring tests or tutoring the students, then look into this category. If any of this appeals to you and see what opportunities your local university has. Next, volunteer programs and service learning. If you are a teacher who has done service learning in your with your class or in your school, then you already have experience with this. One of the roles that I had at a university in the past was helping coordinate service learning for students. Um, As as a teacher, if, if you've done anything like this, then you're already well prepared for it. Or if you are well connected in your community, or even if this just interests you, this is a good option to look into. Colleges and universities need someone who can coordinate the service learning opportunities or the volunteer programs. Now, some of you might be thinking, what really is service learning? Or what, how, does, how does this look as an actual job? So here's a little bit of what I did um, as I coordinated opportunities like that at a university. Now, service learning is really where we want to take learning Outside of the textbook, outside of the classroom, we want the learning to enter the heart and to enter the life, right? Not just for that semester, but in an ongoing way, an ongoing influence for the student. So the students and the professors and the organizations that I was working with and coordinating things with, it, it looked a little bit like this. The students were enrolled in biology. And they were enrolled in a couple of other classes that they all kind of took in a cluster together. So we wanted the students to not just understand biology. We wanted them to see it kind of in the reality of their lives. So students who were enrolled in a biology course would participate in volunteer and service learning projects throughout the semester. Some of them would go swimming with a local organization that had a service group geared toward Individuals who had certain disabilities that related with genetically inherited traits. So students, when they were studying genetics and inherited traits in their biology course, they would relate with it and identify with it in their actual life. Other organizations that I helped coordinate things with, in conjunction with the professors, included the U.S. Forest Service. So as we were studying some things about biology and the land and terrain and ecosphere, we also learned about reforestation and did service projects in our area. Regardless of what class it was, I would coordinate with the professors and then with the organizational leaders, whether it was the museum administrators or those who were in charge of tours at museums, whether it was those that would lead the Program development and the coordination with volunteer organizations like Adaptive Aquatics and others. Let's go to the next section. We've talked about working at education companies, traditional companies, universities. What about working for your school district or an educational organization? A lot of teachers are very familiar with some of the roles at their district level or whatever their learning organization is called, maybe it's not called a district in your area, or maybe you're working for a charter charter organization or a private school organization, the leadership, the more administrative side of things. Oftentimes, oftentimes has a lot of opportunities such as staff development. So school leadership organizations, they have employees who help the teachers develop and teach more effectively. In large organizations, this may be their main role, while in smaller organizations or smaller districts, those in this role may have many responsibilities, okay? It might be at the district level or at an individual school level. But if you're like me, chances are you not only love teaching, you love teaching other people how to teach effectively. So if your organization has opportunities like that, that is a great one to look into. If you love training trainers or teaching teachers. We call it train the trainer in the non-education sector, but in the education sector, we call it teaching teachers, right? Or staff development. Other roles that are oftentimes opportunities in districts and at school organizations include a curriculum specialist, a technology specialist, or an instructional coach. Let's talk about those each individually. A curriculum specialist, they are the expert of their specific area or curriculum. For example, in my area, the district science specialist is a former science teacher, and he now oversees the science curriculum for our entire district. So he's overseeing a lot of teachers. He's purchasing curriculum. He's purchasing the resources they need to teach online right now and getting them access to all of it. If you're passionate about a specific topic and if you're a gifted decision maker, if you're good at leading others, then this could be a great role for you. Okay, next role let's talk about being a technology specialist. If you are the teacher that everyone comes to in your school to solve the technology issues and to learn about online resources, then this is a natural next step for you. The technology specialists help schools implement best practices for technology integration in instruction and everything, all the tools and resources that are tech related that the students use. They also train teachers on technology to enhance the instruction and improve the student performance. Next, being an instructional coach. If you're an effective teacher and if you enjoy mentoring other teachers, and if you wanna stay in a school setting but work in a new role, this could be a fantastic fit for you. Instructional coaches, they demonstrate and train other teachers about how to effectively teach, how to use great strategies and great resources for excellent learning for the students. They need good communication skills to provide individual and group instruction on what teachers need to learn. So if any of these roles sound of interest to you, then look with your school organization. You know, if, you're, if it's your district or whatever you call it in your area, see if there are any openings. Talk, network, right? Talk with the individuals in the leadership, especially for these kinds of roles. Not just who you know, but being able to anticipate the roles that are needed. You know, is it going to be needed next year or in two years from now? I know personally, I waited around for a year for a certain job that I really, really, really wanted in my district. And it wasn't an opportunity. And then the next year was going to be an opportunity. And then who knew how many years into the future, it would be an opportunity. It wasn't something I was going to wait for. There just weren't many options for those many opportunities for those. Maybe there's not an opportunity with your school district. If that's the case, spread your net a little bit wider to see what you can catch right? Maybe look into a different district or a different school organization nearby that might have opportunities as well. Okay. Now the next section or type or organization of companies that I usually would share about here is going to be community organizations, but because we're in the middle of a pandemic or hopefully close to the end of a pandemic, who knows? Some of the community organizations are not hiring a lot right now. Now, some might be, but things that I usually recommend for teachers to look into or consider if they align with their interests aren't in high demand right now. Those include things like libraries, museums, and your local recreation department. Okay. A lot of those things do not have a lot of business going on right now, do not have a lot of visitors. So they're the demand this year right now usually isn't in most places, isn't something that's very high or hiring, but if those are things that interest you, definitely look into them with your local city and government and see if there are opportunities available. If it aligns with your strengths and your interests, why not? So let's move on to the next section. And that is teaching in non-traditional teaching roles, because these opportunities are booming like crazy right now. If you want to teach a specific curriculum topic, or maybe you already do as a secondary ed teacher, and if you just want to teach online that topic and not have some of the other issues or, or things, aspects about traditional teaching to be the scenario or case for you, then you can teach exclusively a certain topic online online for online education companies. If you're one of these teachers that has loved teaching online, and if you don't want to go back into a traditional classroom, did you know that there are online schools that are exclusively where you would teach one specific topic? Let's look into that option for you. Okay. Or what about all these organizations that you've probably heard about where you can teach English? Now, maybe you've heard about VIP kids. A lot of people know about VIP kids where you can teach English to kids in China and you wake up really early in the morning, or maybe you're teaching really late at night, depending on where you live. These, these are definitely options, but that's not the only one out there. Oftentimes people share that one a lot more because the affiliate link, when people share their link, they also get some financial kickback for helping market and spread the word about it. But there are a lot of opportunities like that, a lot of different companies. And not only that. There are opportunities to teach English to adults as well. So if that's of interest, if you want something flexible from home and if English is the language you want to be teaching, that's totally an option. There are also opportunities to teach other languages as well. If you're an expert in a different language, we have access to all of that in our membership for you to take you directly to those those resources for adults, for kids, and for more. Or maybe there's something that is not a regular curriculum topic and it's not English or a different language, maybe there's something that you just love and you want to teach it. Maybe it's watercoloring. Maybe it's something totally random. Maybe it's basket weaving. Maybe it's just something that you are an expert at. Well, you can teach for other organizations like OutSchool on whatever topic you want. You post it in their platform and people pay to attend it. Okay, that or creating your own online course or learning resources of course teachers are fantastic with all of that okay so those are some non-traditional teaching roles for teaching a little outside of the box now I want to take us to a different category our last category of all and that is working for your own company right not an education company not a traditional company not a university not your school organization or a A non teaching or a community organization, right? This is working for yourself. Maybe you're going to be an independent freelancer providing service and whatever you do for other companies. Maybe it's going to be, you're going to call yourself a contractor. Maybe whatever it is that you want to do, let's make it a reality. My mom used to say, if you can dream it, we can do it. And then she wanted me to just kind of fill in the blank. And tell her what I wanted to do or what I wanted to accomplish. And she was going to be kind of my sidekick in making it happen. What an awesome mom, right? Yeah, she's the best. This month in our membership, I am showing people how to create your own company, right? Create your own company 101. And we're going to be going over everything that you need to know to set it up. Maybe you want to be a podcast manager. Did you know we have a podcast manager and she's a former teacher? she does it all from home. She does some of it while her kids sleep. She's a freaking rock star. She does a fantastic job at everything that she does. Did you know we also have other teachers who help with some of our tech behind the scenes and other tech magic tricks and things with email and other resources and things that just make all of this possible, right? So appreciated. And they do an amazing job, each and every one of them. Each of these individuals are running their own company, right? They're independent contractors or freelancers. They're doing what they do. Whatever it is you want to do, right? If you can dream it, we can do it. But in order to do it, and in order to do it safely and wisely, there are certain things that you have to have in place. And those are the things that we're going over uh, this month in the training that we have for you in membership. It's going to include things like how to just set up your company legally, okay? Okay. I'm going to link you right to what you need. Um, That applies for things in the U.S. If you're outside of the U.S., a lot of this is going to be very, very helpful as well. But we're going to have things in place for you legally with all the setup that you need. You're going to have access to certain templates that I paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars to work with lawyers on so that I could do some independent contracting and get things in place. So you're going to have access to the templates that I have. You're going to learn about naming your company. If you need help on branding, we can tackle some of that too. But we're going to cover everything about what company type you need to be setting up as an LLC, uh, an S-Corp, C-Corp, so many different things like that. Those terms are US-based as well. And we're going to be talking about things like finances and how to start your company up for little to nothing, like close to nothing, right? So we're going to have everything in place for you to have it up and ready to roll so that you can have a lot of comfort, a lot of confidence, and a lot of clarity with it as well. So if you want to be starting something on the side, something that is yours, something that might give you a little bit more independence, some growth, this is a great way to start something, even if it's solely on the side. And I recommend starting something on the side, letting it grow. If you want to do something it's not a side hustle. You want it to be your main hustle. It's okay to let it be your side hustle first. We're going to get all of that in place for you. So you can have peace, comfort, confidence in having that up and running and ready to roll for whatever you want to make happen next. Maybe if you want to become an educational consultant, maybe you want to be training. Maybe you want to be working with some education companies. I know some people in our membership, companies have offered them contracting opportunities so it's not a full-time gig they're not a, a W2 employee again that's a US term for those of you that are in the US but they are what we call a 1099 contractor and maybe you're like what in the world are all these words she's throwing around well we're going to go over that so that you can feel comfortable with it so that when a company wants to set up a contract opportunity with you that you have the forms in place and you can respond to what they're asking and you're ready to go and Maybe most importantly, so that you don't get yourself in any legal or financial trouble so that you are personally protected and just really confident and successful in what you want to do. So again, as always, all of this is toward that end so that you can be successful, so that you can be confident, so that you can be happy in whatever transition track is right for you. And if if what's right for you right now is staying in the classroom, then we want to provide you with whatever you need to do that comfortably and confidently as well. Or if you know, hey, six months from now, I want to be doing something else. Right now is a really important time to be taking action, not just thinking about all of this, right? A lot of schools are anticipating letters of intent, or if or if someone's going to be resigning, a letter of resignation, within the next few months. If you know that teaching in the fall, if the thought of that doesn't feel peaceful and comfortable and enjoyable to you, then the membership is here. I'm here to help you with that so you don't have to do this alone, okay? Okay, you guys are doing fantastic things. You really, really are, okay? I'm cheering for you. I see your emails. I see everything that you've done. Those of you who've done different master's programs and you're like, oh, I did this program, but like no new doors have opened up for me, okay? I, I I get it. I've been there. I know that. It's, it's going to take more than a different acronym behind your name, right? It's going to take some connections. It's going to take a resume. It's going to take looking at job applications. It's going to take some, in some cases, creating your own company. So that you're creating experience and having opportunities. All right. If you can dream it, we can do it. I'm totally here for you. If the membership is what's right for you right now, you know, even if you just want to be in it for one month, like some of these other teachers, you can dive into the content, consume it at the rate that you want, get all the help that you need. Okay. It's less than a dinner date and it's worth this month. It has over $3,000 worth of resources there for you. I'm there for you. If that is what you need right now. Okay. That's always at teachertransition.com forward slash member. The doors are currently open and you are always welcome. Okay. Have a great week. You guys we will be in touch soon. This episode may have ended but connecting doesn't have to join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word, leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media and be sure to tag us at teacher transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, Be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.